0: Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm Rabbi David Levine, and this is Live From Home. I want to bring you greetings from my wife, Sandy, and a special welcome to all of our Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue Mishpocha. We're so glad you could join us. Everyone who's a podcast listener, we're so happy you're here with us. Whether you're listening later by podcast or live now on Facebook Live with us, everyone who's with us, welcome. This is Arab Shabbat on Friday, June twelfth, 2020. And this evening, Brian and Deanne Rose will welcome us into their home and they will lead us in Hebrew prayers and in worship. And tonight I wanna encourage you to enter into the time of worship together with us and the Hebrew prayers as well. You can join in with the Hebrew prayers. You can also sing with us. And, And I think this is an important thing for us to be doing together. Let's worship together. Even if you're the one who tends to be passive or quiet or just meditate upon the worship. Why don't you join in tonight from your home with your family? Invite your whole family to sing along with us. And after the worship time, Rabbi Uri and I will join live from home, and then at the very end, we'll return to the Rose family, and they will have a final worship song. So from Sandy and me, Shabbat Shalom. Now let's join the Rose family to live from home.
1: Shabbat Shalom. Will ladies please join me in the candle lighting blessing?
2: Baruch Atad Nai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us in your word and given us Yeshua, our Messiah, and has commanded us to be the light of the world. Amen. Amen.
1: Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Welcome. We're glad to have you with us um, this evening as we begin our Shabbat. Let's begin with the Shema. Shema Yisrael
2: Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Eicha Baruch Shem Kevod Malchuto Le'olam Vae. Hear,
1: O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom for all eternity. And now The vishamru, the scriptural basis for us gathering together every week. The children of Israel shall keep the Shabbat, observing it throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of israel forever for in six days the lord made the heavens and the earth and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one shabbat to another all flesh shall come to worship before me says the lord
2: HaShabbat, laSod et HaShabbat leDorot et Morid Olam v'Shamru bene Yisrael. HaShabbat, laSod et HaShabbat leDorot et Morid Olam nei svaial et ashavat la sot et hashavat le dorotot tovah ki sheshen yamim to sa'al Asa asar nai et shmai Ve'et overch ves roben dai svaial et ashavat la Hassabat, they don't rot up or beat all. We all Shabbat we all hassray, shavat vaina shavat and brew the name Israel. Shabbat et HaShabbat and and read, Hallelujah
1: Lord, thank you for this beautiful Shabbat evening that you've given to us to gather together with our family in one accord with our, our spiritual congregation Lord we bless you and we thank you for this time
2: Come let us go up to Zion Let us draw near to the Lord our God Come let us go up to Zion Let us draw near to the presence of the Lord Let's sing that again Come let us go up to Zion Let us draw near God, come let us go up to Zion. Let us draw near to the presence of the Lord. You have not come to a desert mountain, you have come to the living God. You have come to the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem. And there are thousands and thousands of angels rejoicing before the throne. This is the kingdom that cannot be shaken. Worship God alone. Oh, come let us go up to Zion. Let us draw near to the Lord our God. Come let us go up to Zion. Let us draw near to the presence of the Lord. You have come to the judge of To the congregation and to the righteous ones And there are thousands and thousands of angels Rejoicing before the throne This is the kingdom that cannot be shaken To Zion, let us draw near to the Lord our God. Come, let us go up to Zion, let us draw near. Redemption draweth near. Draweth nigh. Holy is his name. You bore my sickness, you carried all my sins, O oh, son of David. Why are we not all like sheep following our own on your back my sins were laid glory to the name glory glory to the name glory to the lamb for sinners slain by him the demons die redemption draws
1: Thank you for the love you showed to us by becoming the ransom, by becoming the kinsman redeemer, by becoming the sacrifice that was necessary for us to be restored to a relationship with the Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for your deep love for us. We honor you, Lord. We bless you. We thank you. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for worship this morning. Um, now we're going to turn it over to Rabbi Yuri and Rabbi David for the rest of the service, but we'll see you at the end with one more song.
0: That was a beautiful time of worship. I... I started singing with Brian and thinking about how great it is when we're all worshiping together. It's it's just a wonderful experience. Tonight, I want to start with some of the scriptures from our Torah portion for this week. So let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. I was reading this week's Torah portion, starting in Numbers 11. There's there's some earlier passages which we'll look at little later with Rabbi Yuri, but I want to start with Numbers 11. So if you have your Bibles with you, would you turn to Numbers chapter 11? We'll start in verse 1. I I want to look at one verse. I want to look at just a few verses together in in this passage that, that speak about the children of Israel being in a condition of difficulty, complex difficulty, if you think about it, and how they responded to that difficulty because I think it's timely for us because we're in a condition of difficulty too. I know I am. I know we are in my home and I know you are too. There are so many difficulties and we are all facing difficult situations but let's look at a lesson from the experience of the children of Israel that will help us understand how you and I can go through difficult times and how we can actually rise up in strength and power together and how we can overcome the the vulnerabilities which we have personally and as a community by drawing close to the Lord and focusing very much on what he's doing with us now. So Numbers 11 says this, verse one, the people began complaining about their hardships to the Lord. So look at that word hardship first and, and think about your hardships. And now imagine that the people of Israel are complaining about their hardships. Hardships can often give rise to complaining because we want something different. We understand that we need something different. Our souls sometimes are in a condition of discontent and frustration because of the hardship. Well, the children of Israel were complaining and they were complaining about the hardships and they were complaining to the Lord. It got the Lord's attention. If you read the next few verses and then the rest of this Portion, you'll find out that it got the Lord's attention, but not in the way that they imagined. The Lord heard them and it actually made him mad. He responded to their complaining with his own anger. It's a pretty sobering thing. I know in in my life when I have just complained with the wrong attitude to the Lord, it has stirred him up. Maybe you've had that experience too. Well, the children of Israel were 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 complaining. They were fetching so much. It really stirred up the Lord. Now, a complaint can be precise, or it can be very broad, and it can be done in a wrong spirit, or it can be done in a way that actually is mixed with faith, and we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But let's go to the next passage, Numbers 11, verse 4. Next, it says, the mixed crowd, the mixed multitude that was with the children of Israel grew greedy for an easier life. That's how the complete Jewish Bible translates it. They grew greedy for an easier life. They had joined the children of Israel and getting out of Egypt, and I guess they thought life will be easier if we go with them, not realizing the hardship that comes with The experience of joining the children of Israel. I know some of you thought, Oh, what a blessing to be with the Jewish people. What a blessing to be in the Messianic movement. And now you're right in the middle of some things and you're saying, Oy vey, this is rough. It is actually to be part of the children of God is not to choose to be in an easier life or a convenient, or more comfortable life, but it's actually to make a choice that includes some profound difficulty. The life of the Jewish people, as well as the life historically of the people of faith has not been an easy life. It's been quite difficult. Let's read on. The mixed crowd that was with them grew greedy for an easier life while the people of Israel, for their part, also renewed They're weeping. That's interesting to me. This is a community that's made up of Jews and non-Jews together. And they're moving forward together. They've moved out of the slavery and the bondage of Egypt. And they're being led by the God of Israel through his servant Moses. They're moving forward in a new direction. And yet the hardship is so much more than they imagined it would be. The children of Israel, had expressed their complaining to the Lord. He dealt with them just a few verses ago. And now the mixed multitude is complaining. And this causes the children of Israel Israel, to be stirred up. Their souls are troubled by it. It renews their weeping. It's an important insight, I think, that the impact of one group on another group can be positive or it can be negative, in this case, it was negative. The children of Israel had a negative impact on the mixed multitude, and then the mixed multitude had a negative impact on the children of Israel. The people of Israel, for their part, also renewed their weeping, and they said, if only we had meat to eat. You see, they were only eating manna that the Lord was providing, and they were sick of it already. They were not only sick of it, but it's interesting what their complaint is. Here's the last part of their complaint. We're withering away. This is not good food for us. This is lousy. We're, we're growing weak. What we need is meat. And so they, they were crying out. They were complaining. They were all weeping. It was an emotional scene, but it was more than that. It was a spiritual scene. It's important when you're going through hardship to remember this, that the outward expressions of our responses, for instance, our emotions, even our thoughts, have an underlying spiritual component as well. It's so important to be in touch with that so that you can apprehend what the Spirit of God is doing and then align your own spirit with that. To be led by the Spirit is really, really important in these times, not just to be a person of prayer, because the children of Israel, as we read in verse one, they were praying to the Lord, they were talking to the Lord, they were speaking honestly to the Lord, but the spirit was wrong. They were complaining about their hardships and that wasn't the way that the Lord wanted them to process the hardships that were very real that they were experiencing. Now, the children of Israel together with a mixed multitude, we can say the greater the entire community Together, complaining, fetching, sick and tired of the conditions that they're in, wanting to get back to normal life, the way things used to be. In fact, if you read the entire uh, passage, you'll see that they were remembering how great it was, how great it was before, how wonderful it was before this current situation. They were thinking about the food. They were thinking about their conditions. Of course, they forgot. They forgot that the Lord was leading them into a new future, and it required that they go through the wilderness. It required that they go through hardship. It required that they develop faith together in the midst of difficulty. Friends, there's more hard times coming. I assure you of that, and we have to learn during this season how to stay together how to stay together when we can't even be together, how to be like-minded, how to have one accord, how to, how to find a spiritual strength from God and a unity from God that unites us together, not divides us, how to pay attention to what God is doing and how he's doing it, not just paying attention to our own internal responses, our own personal responses, but to see what is the Lord doing? Oh, we're withering away. If that's your complaint in these days, I tell you, you're making a a complaint that's an ancient complaint. But understand this, you might get the Lord's attention, but you won't get the response that you're looking for. Complaining, which is a common response, doesn't get the Lord's attention the way that we want. An easier life, if only. That's what they're saying. If only we could have what we used to have the way we used to have it. Ah, now we're withering. Now our souls are just shrinking. Now we don't have what we used to have and and we're suffering. Well, I think there's a lesson about this. Not only were the children of Israel suffering, but the way that they expressed this brought pain to the Lord and it brought pain to Moses, their leader, it wore him out. It was difficult because of their complaining for him to know what to do. It was difficult for him to turn away from his, the compassion that he had about the condition of the children of Israel and to turn his attention to the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want to do? I can tell you, having talked to many rabbis, and many pastors during these last few months, having paid attention to the communication of spiritual leaders all over the country, all over the world, the leaders are suffering too. We're all suffering. It's not just the congregants are suffering, the leaders are suffering too. I am so grateful for those of you who pay attention to that and those of you who do your best to pray for and to encourage us, who speak words that do strengthen us. It means a lot to us. I'll get back to that in a moment. The children of Israel, the mixed multitude, were saying to the Lord, this is a rotten deal. They were saying to their leaders, why aren't you providing for us what we need? We need meat. Well, the Lord sent meat. The Lord sent what they asked for but it didn't produce the result that they were thinking. In fact, when they got the answer to their prayer and they got what they wanted, it brought more trouble to them indeed. What the people thought would bring them relief, did not bring relief. Even though, it, even though I mean, listen to this, it's so hard to grasp this nuanced detail, but I'm gonna say it as carefully as I can. Even though the meat came from the Lord in response to the Lord, it was not a blessing from the Lord. That is a warning to us. Be careful how we pray. Be careful what we want for. Be careful how we box God in about what the solution is. And one of the ways that you can be careful is you can pay attention to the response that your prayers stir up. If you stir up complaining in other people, it's a bad response. If you stir up faith in other people, it's a good response. If you say, well, I'm withering away, and then everybody around you says, yeah, (laughs) me too. That's not pleasing to the Lord. There are other ways that are pleasing to the Lord. It is so important to have an attitude at this time that pleases the Lord because we want to create an atmosphere of faith together. And you have a part in that. What you do and what you say can can actually build faith up in other people, or it can tear it down. You can actually bring strength to other people, even when you feel weak, even when you're withering, even when it's been hard. I have had some hard times this week, and I understand this is not just emotional, it's not just circumstantial, it's spiritual. There is trouble on the face of the entire earth. God forbid he would pull back the Holy Spirit from our presence. Can you imagine what would happen to this earth. If there was less of a presence of God, we need the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to keep replenishing ourselves with the Holy Spirit. We just came through Shavuot. Do you understand? We need the Holy Spirit. We need him, and we need more of him. One of the lessons for me is this, it is so important for us to cultivate an attitude of hope and faith and expectation in ourselves and to encourage everyone to do the same. What if things get worse in front of us? I still want to have hope. I still want to have faith. I went. I still want to have expectation that God is with me. He will stay with me. He's with us. He will stay with us. He will feed you thirsty because you haven't learned to drink from the cup that we're offering you. And if you could learn to drink from this cup the way we can offer it to you right now, then when we can offer it to you in another way, in person or in some other fashion, I can tell you this, your soul and your spirit will be refreshed. I want to encourage you, learn to be refreshed even in a desert learn to drink from the cup that the Lord is giving you. Let's continue to Numbers chapter 12 verse 1. And here it it shifts. Now we're talking about the brother and sister of Moses. Miriam and Aaron began criticizing Moses on account of the Ethiopian woman he had married, for he had in fact married an Ethiopian woman. Now you may not know this, but but the kingdom described as Ethiopia there, the people group of the Ethiopian Ethiopians included the Midnites and others other tribes that were in the uh, Saudi Peninsula, where they were. But it also stretched across the Gulf into what we would now consider modern Ethiopia. They were they were known sometimes as Kushites. But in any case, we we have reason to believe that they were dark skinned people. They were a distinctive, identifiable people group. So Moses and Aaron are complaining on account of the Ethiopian woman that he had married, for he had in fact married an Ethiopian woman. So this is a very timely issue. I I think I brought up last week that we would be reading about this. It goes on and it says this, they said, is it true that the Lord has spoken only with Moses? Hasn't he spoken with us too? And of course, factually, it was true. He had spoken. The Lord had spoken with them as well. But the Lord heard them. If you follow the rest of the passage, you'll see it really upset the Lord. It made him angry. It stirred him up. And he actually disciplined disciplined Miriam. And the discipline affected the entire community of Israel. But more than that, I wanna focus on something. Moses' own family had prejudice. Why do I say that? Because the Bible emphasizes that the wife was Ethiopian by repeating, by underlining this, by by doubling, even in the same verse, it's, it's meant to draw our attention. It's like highlighting with your yellow highlighter or underlining or putting in bold print something. It says they complained against him on account of, look in your Bibles, the Ethiopian woman he had married. For he had, in fact, married an Ethiopian woman. Ethiopian, Cushite, Midianite. We know who she was, Zipporah. She was a Midianite. They were part of a dark-skinned people group. So I want you to think about something. That there's a lesson here that the issues of race and prejudice have been with us for a long time. And it's important to me as a Jewish person, it's important to me as a Messianic Jew, to be aware of something. God used what we would today call a biracial family to establish the Jewish people. Another lesson, we need to be careful how we speak. We have to watch our tongues. We have to watch our our language. And I'm not not uh, talking about political correctness here. So any of you who are thinking, oh, Rabbi David wants us all to fit into one political spectrum or another. He wants us to to conform to political correctness rules. I'm absolutely not talking about that. Something much higher than political correctness, because I haven't met political people who talk correctly but i i have noticed that many believers these days have learned to use the very speech the terminology the jargons of the political world and the 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 world that's not the kingdom of god that's not made up of believers but they have brought into their own families into themselves the language the categories the understanding of the world around them, there is a higher way of talking. There's a higher way of thinking. There's, a, there's another way of looking at things. We need to be careful how we speak. We have to season our speech with grace. Colossians 4, 6, I want you to turn to this. It's a very important passage. Anyone who is writing in the comments right now, could you put Colossians 4, verse 6? Let your conversation or let your speech be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. That's interesting. Speaking isn't just about getting out what you wanna say. It's not just about expressing yourself. It's about communication. And we have to think about the effect our speech has on other people. One of the things that was really heavy for me today is I realized I have to talk to you today about difficult subjects. I realize that, that there are some subjects I can't even talk about yet because no matter what I say, I probably can't pick words that will seem gracious and attractive right now. I have to find words that are gracious and attractive. That's my responsibility before God. That's my responsibility to you. Even when I'm talking very bluntly and very, very directly, about difficult things. I want my words to impart grace to you, and I want them to be attractive to you. Now, part of it is up to you, but a lot of it's on me. You can't imagine how heavy today was for me. Just thinking about the words that I could use today and feeling careful and cautious but not because of political correctness, but because of a desire to be correct before the Lord. Because if I got what God had for me, I could give it to you in a way that reflects his grace and his love. There is something so much better than just talking the way everybody else talks. One of the things I love about Facebook is we can communicate with so many different kinds of people. One of the things I hate about Facebook is how I hear people talk on Facebook, including our members sometimes, including believers many times, including people I agree with and people I disagree with. And often people are so accustomed to what is called the echo chamber, just listening to those that think the same way they do, they become familiar with a way of talking and then they talk in that way. I want to talk to you about gracious speech. Gracious speech is not speech that's soft and beats around the bushes. It's speech that imparts grace to the ones who hear it. God's grace. And so one of the measures of gracious speech is this. Do the people who hear feel and experience the grace of God? That's it. I'm sad to say, I've read many comments from believers. I've read many comments on Facebook and many postings from people who I love and cherish that I know was not mixed with grace. I know that those words that you posted were not mixed with grace. I know that you let yourself go. And without thinking about people who are very different from you and how they might respond. This other word, attractive. Attractive means to, to draw together. Attractive words, gracious words, are, are words that bring people together. They bring people towards you. Instead of separating, they bring people together. Now, I wanna to talk to you for a few minutes about life in our own mishpacha. I want want to share something with you and I want to ask something of you. Our congregation is very diverse. We have people from many different perspectives, many different backgrounds, but when it comes to politics and certain social issues and other things, I I want to ask that you respect, that you show respect to one another in this way. that you do not bring into the synagogue when we're getting together again, that you don't bring literature that could be offensive, that you don't bring into the synagogue when we get together again. In the, you don't bring anything into the synagogue to hand out or even to give to friends that could be offensive to someone in our mishpocha who's different from you. If you have something you want to give, if you've got some political literature, if you've got a book that's political, don't bring it to the synagogue. Meet your friends somewhere else. You have every right to pass that information along. We're not looking for one way of thinking. We're not trying to create blind conformity by any means. We're not looking for everybody to to enter into group speak and group think if you're familiar with those terms we're, we're trying to overcome something else why because we're the mishpocha of god we're the community of god and we're made up of different kinds of people and we have different experiences and different ways of understanding one of the ways you show grace is you protect those who think differently than you do you protect them so that god's grace can be at work in them and when you do that, it makes a difference. Meet with your friend somewhere else. Give your literature somewhere else. It's fine to have different kinds of literature. We all have different perspectives on things. Uh, you know this. I've been talking about it for years, that we have people from different political perspectives in our congregation. But imagine this. Imagine you come to the synagogue and you see something offensive to you that makes you uncomfortable even being at the synagogue. That's what I'm talking about. Now, imagine that you brought something like that and what you brought made someone else feel that way. Now what I'm asking you to do is really simple. Whenever we get together, don't bring anything like that. Pay attention and don't do anything like that. Now, I have been spending I've been spending time listening the different people's stories. I have friends who are black. I have friends who are African-American. I have friends who are, who are black, but not African-American. They don't come from an African-American experience. They come from other cultures and from other people groups, but they have dark skin. But one of the things I've been asking people is about their experience. What is it like to be a dark-skinned person? What is it like to be a black man? in America today. Tell me about your experience. And one of the things I've discovered, I actually wrote this down. It it was a detail I I wanted to, to try to express carefully. The story that's told to me by my black friends, individuals is very different than the picture you might get as a white person by looking at certain statistics. There are certain statistics that could cause a white person to say, you know, white people and black people are getting brutalized by the police at pretty much the same ratio. There are some statistics that would cause some white people to say, you know what, um, it's the criminals who are getting in trouble, nobody else. But I tell you, you can look at the statistics, you can form your conclusions from some of those statistics. And I'm not saying statistics are wrong, but I'm talking about something else, something that I know about from personal experience. So I can understand something by talking to my black friends and asking them this simple question. What is it like for you now? I can't think of a black man who I know personally who hasn't had the experience of being stopped by the police and pulled over and put in a situation where they were fearful about what would happen next. They were not certain how they were gonna be treated. They they sometimes have been grossly, unfairly, unconscionably mistreated simply for being in a place a white police officer didn't think a black person should be. I know a black man who's married to a white woman and has white children, stepchildren. He was pulled over because he had his family in his car. That's why he was pulled over by a policeman who thought he must be kidnapping. I'm not saying that every person who's pulled over like that is brutalized. I'm not saying anything like that, I'm saying something else. We hear these stories from wonderful men of God, wonderful black men, it breaks your heart. It's so important to pay attention and to listen I know African-American women, women of real integrity, who have to teach their sons, who have to say to them every day, be careful if a white policeman pulls you over. Put your hands on your steering wheel. Don't do anything. Don't, don't, don't say anything wrong. Don't, don't even assert yourself. Don't even ask questions like, why are you stopping me? You know, what are you doing, officer? What is, what is it? Protect yourself because I want you to come home tonight. I want you to be alive tonight. White moms aren't having to teach their kids this. And don't tell me, as you might think, oh, it's only those that are breaking the law. You're so wrong. It's not true. If you know black people and you ask them and you build a relationship and you get to know them where they can tell you their life experience, you will form a very clear picture of why, even if the statistics don't confirm what you thought, you'll understand why any black man might be afraid if he stopped by the police. the fear that they have is that the worst could happen to them. Listen to their stories. Listen, listen as well to those who have shown moral courage in the face of this. I want to read you from an email that I got from a dear friend of mine, a man I respect so much, Claude Painter. He gave me permission to share this. He he shared Um, some thoughts with me to encourage me from last week. And then he said, I was reminded by them of a time as a kid when I got on my father's case. Big time. When he offered some remarks with racial overtones, or should I say, undertones. It was the last time I heard anything like that from him. Claude, as as a kid, expressed moral courage to his own father, that he would, his own father should never speak like that. And it stopped his father. His father stopped and never spoke like that again. I'm I'm proud of that kind of courage. Claude, you did well as a kid. You're doing well as a man. We respect you and your courage. And I want to tell you, when we stand up, even in our own families, even in our own circles. And we say, don't talk like that. It makes a difference. Be courageous. You don't have to be fuming. You don't have to be angry, especially if you're the kind of person who only talks about difficult things when you blow up. Don't, don't wait for that. Learn how to speak with graciousness. One more thing I wanna say, and then I want to welcome Rabbi Uri, but I wanna say this. When men of violence are leading, violence increases. And when men of peace are leading, violence decreases. And men of peace separate themselves from men of violence. But they call to themselves all kinds of people to join the side of peace and to to reduce violence. I'm a man of peace. I side with the cause of peace, but I also side with justice and with equality, with equality before the law and equality of opportunity. And I can tell you this, our country needs to make some progress. This may become a new season, a turning point for all of us and maybe for the whole world. This this combination of, of terrible situations we're in, the pandemic, the economic issues that we're, that we're facing, such severe economic issues all over the world, as well, the racial and the political issues that we're facing, not to mention the potential for hurricanes and tornadoes during the season. But all of those things together should get our attention. And one of the things we can say is, Lord, I wanna be a man of peace. I wanna be a woman of peace. I wanna be a man of grace and who speaks graciously and attractively to others. I wanna help people heal during this time and not fragment. That's what's in my heart. And that's what I'm trying to say to you. And while we're going through the hardship of trying to figure out what our next steps are, I can tell you this, we need to hear from the Lord please support us in this. We're praying to God. The children of Israel in the wilderness learned this. They didn't decide for themselves when to move forward and when to stay. It wasn't circumstantial. They had to be led by God in the same way we do too. And and I am so concerned that, that we can protect the health of everybody as we find ways to regather together. But I'm also concerned about this, and I'm gonna say it as clearly as I can, that when we... Gather together that we can be filled with gracious speech in the midst of the increasing conflict and intensity in our country and in our city. Join me. That's what I'm begging of you. That's what I'm pleading for. Join us in this. That's what's in my heart. Join us in trying to be gracious, support us in prayer. Be careful with your complaints, understand the effect it has on us, it wears us down and it may keep us from the work of moving forward by hearing from the Lord and making plans in light of the situations that we're in that protect health, allow us to gather in the ways that will protect our health and yet allow us to continue to live stream as well. I'm just asking for your help in this. I'm asking for, for your support. And don't just nod your head. We need to hear from you. I need the encouragement, others do too, to know that you're standing with us. We need you to stand with us. That's what's on my heart tonight. That's what I want to share. Rabbi Uri has a great word that, that, that brings us together and also connects with, with an important part from the same Torah portion, but a very different part. And so Rabbi Yuri, I want to invite you in. Would you share from the scriptures and what's on your heart? Share, share what's on your heart about our, our and our situation, and, and what's going on with our black members and family and friends.
3: Thank you, Rabbi David. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Um, thank you, Rabbi David, for sharing because it is so important. Um, I came from Ukraine and my experience with the conflict between Ukraine and Russia gives me empathy. I'm learning and want to learn more about the situation here and, and the experience of the black members of our congregation here in America. What is it like for you as African-Americans? What do you experience here? What is it like for you as a black person in our synagogue? It is important to us to listen to your stories about racism, discrimination, and prejudice. It is so important. And also I want to say something to our Mishpacha who are black. You are important to me and my family. We love you so much with all our heart. Our hearts are very sensitive to you, and I want you to know this. Thank you for your obedience in following the Lord and loving congregation. Thank you so much. You are special. You are very special. We love you so much. I am so happy that Beth Israel is a very unique congregation, very unique, with so many different people, and that all of us, we are a family with one Father, one Heavenly Father. It is so cool, so great to realize that together we are part of the fulfillment of God's prophecies. Thank you for love. Thank you for prayers. Thank you for being part of my life and part of Beth Israel life. And we also filled with the same spirit, spirit of the Lord. It's beautiful, it's great. We need the spirit of the Lord. We need his wisdom, specifically today. We need wisdom of the Lord. We need His light in our daily lives. We need His his mercy. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit. What is so important to understand, I believe, that we are the temple. We are together, united uh, under Yeshua, the Messiah, and we are His temple. We are the Meshkana, and God's presence dwells in us. It is so beautiful. And today's Torah portion is so clear and straight about our need in the spirit of the Lord and his light in our tabernacles. It is so important. So I want to share. um, Thank you so much for for your love. It's so great. I want to share from from scriptures, uh, from Numbers chapter 8, this today's Torah portion. And it's really connected with all what's going on around us with everything what's going on around us it's so connected together because it it's the way for us to live it's a way for us to um to look for an answer this is a way for us to to follow the lord so it is in um, numbers chapter 8 but for whole picture i would like to read from numbers chapter 7 because uh, i want to remind us that chapters only for us only help to find specific place of scripture, but is no chapters in the scroll. So, Numbers chapter seven, last verse of chapter seven, and it is so interesting because, I mean, thank Rabbi David for bringing this. Moses, his wife, together there, something unique, something special. So, Numbers chapter seven, verse 89. When Moshe went into the tent of meeting in order to speak with Adonai, so it's already (laughs) so beautiful picture. So he went into tent of meeting with the goal to speak with Adonai. We need the Lord's presence. We need to talk to him. We need to hear his voice. This is the time to hear the voice of the Lord. And I want to encourage you that this is the time for all of us to hear the voice of Adonai. He heard the voice speaking to him from above the ark cover on the ark of the testimony, from between the two cherubim, and he spoke to him. So the Lord spoke to Moses. So all chapter seven is about building of Mishkanah and dedication of the Mishkana. So immediately after the dedication of the Mishkana, Tabernacle of Moses, Moses went back into the Tabernacle after sacrifices, and the Lord began to speak to him from the Ark of the Covenant. So this was the first words of Adonai of the Lord. In Mishkana, in the special place, in the place of God's presence. And please remember, we are Mishkan of Adonai. We are the tabernacle of Adonai. And he dwells in us. He dwells in our congregation. His spirit fills us with his presence. We are Mishkan of the Lord. So the first words, Adonai spoke to Moses and Moses received from the Lord. Let's read chapter 8 and it's beautiful. It's strong words. Adonai said to Moses, please remember, first words after the dedication of Tabernacle, the beginning of the ministry in the Tabernacle. Nothing yet happened. Moses ready to hear the words of the Lord. And here's the Lord speaking to him. Adonai said to Moses, tell Aaron, when you set up the lamps, the seven lamps are to cast their light to- forward in front Of the menorah, and I want to stop here. The first thing the Lord commanded was to light the menorah. The first thing. Light the menorah was the very first thing Moses heard from the Lord when he entered the Mishkan. Everything in is in the tabernacle of the Lord starts from the lighting of the menorah. It's the beginning of everything. And we know that menorah represents the Ruach HaKodesh. Menorah represents the Holy Spirit. It's a picture, prophetic picture of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And I want to read a couple places of scripture about about it. So first is Zechariah chapter 4. It's half Torah portion for today. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 2. He asked me, what do you see? I replied, Behold, I see solid gold menorah, with its bowl at the top of it, and its seven lamps on it, with seven pipes for the lamps that are on the top of it. Also, two olive trees are by it, one of them on the right side of the bowl, and the other on the left side of it. So, here's the menorah again in the heavenly places prophetically Zechariah sees menorah then i responded by saying to the angel speaking to me with me what are these my lord the angel who spoke with me responded by asking me you do not know what these are i replied no my lord and this is verse six the essence of everything the heart of this place of scripture. Then he responded to me by saying, this is the word of Adonai to Zerubbabel saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, said Adonai Tsevaot, the God of mighty, the ruler of universe. He has an answer for everything. And his answer, not in this world, his answer in the spirit of the Lord. We are called to walk in his presence. We are called to walk in his spirit. We are called to shine like his menorah in the holy place. Revelation chapter 4, verse 5. From the throne came forth lightings, voices and thunderings and before the throne were seven flaming torches which are the sevenfold spirit of god again in the heavenly place the holy spirit is a menorah shining with the light of god to all of us and we have the same spirit inside of us spirit of the lord spirit of messiah In the Torah portion the Spirit of the Lord, represented by the menorah in the tabernacle, comes first. It's the beginning of ministry, it's the beginning of everything, it is the beginning of our congregation. It is the first thing to do, to light the menorah. And where is the Spirit of the Lord? There is the light of God, His clearness, His warmth, His wisdom, His forgiveness, His love, his patience, his vision, his mercy, everything in the Spirit of God. This is why today is so important to stay in the Spirit of the Lord, to look at the Scriptures, to focus on what the Lord is doing in our hearts, to live by Spirit, to share the same Spirit as children of the same Heavenly Father. We have the same Father, and this is our opportunity to shine to be strong, to share the Spirit of the Lord. I want to end with one beautiful messianic place from the scriptures. This is messianic place, Isaiah chapter 11. And I love this place. It is so deep, so interesting, beautiful. Isaiah 11, verse 1. But a branch will emerge from the trunk of Ishai. A shoot will grow from his roots. It is about Messiah, Yeshua. The spirit of Adonai will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom. We need wisdom and understanding. We need to understand each other. Only by the spirit of God is possible. The spirit of counsel and power. The spirit of knowledge and fearing Adonai. He will be inspired by fearing Adonai. He will not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. Again, the spirit of Lord, the Lord of wisdom, understanding, counsel, power, knowledge, the spirit of fear of God. So it is a beautiful to be a child of the Lord and to be filled with the spirit of the Lord, to be a menorah for others and to shine by our examples in the midst of all challenges of this time. And also to pray, pray, and pray again. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Ruach helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Ruach himself intercedes for us with groans too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Ruach, because he intercedes for the Kedushim according to the will of God now we know that all things work together for good for those who love god who are called according to his purpose amen thank you so much rabbi david
0: rabbi yuri thank you for sharing those insights from the scriptures i think they they really speak to us about how important it is for for all of us to be living in the light and shining the light to others So we had this opportunity, you know, Jacksonville is going to be the center of the world's attention in August and things can go either way. The, The world is just so difficult right now. We could either be a place of healing or we could be a place of destruction. And what happens here could spread all over the world. It's a very heavy thought. I want to ask you to join me in praying that men and women of peace would rise up and give leadership here in Jacksonville in this season. And that those who are in government and those who are leading and serving in political positions and in the police and JSO and in, in the different offices of our state government, that they would actually do what is good In the pleasing in the sight of the Lord that they would want and that they would do what is pleasing to the Lord. I think that our words need to be very gracious during this time so that we can also say the things that are hard and difficult. If we don't speak with grace, we really can't speak with truth. God has given us a spirit of grace and truth. And we can take every prophetic insight, everything that we receive from the scriptures, if we mix it with love, it's gonna be powerful. But if we mix it just with political, I don't know what the shorthand is, with the common language of those who have been divided into political camps, if that's all we do, uh, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And no, it's not that I'm Uh, Fear, baby, you know me. I have courage. I have moral courage. I have strength. I am concerned, though, that as we reach this, this summer season and we have moments that could be defining moments roughly every two weeks from now on until the end of the summer, I'm concerned which way will it go? And I'm thinking... Beth Israel could be a place of healing. Beth Israel could be a place that, that can help can help the cause of the Lord. And I, I want to say something personal and then I want to close with a scripture. But but I want to thank those of you who have taken the time to send letters to me, to send emails and, and to call me or to talk to me on the phone with the point of encouraging me. I really appreciate that you've had that in your heart and that it's come across in what you've said and how you've said it. You've really blessed me. You've made a real difference. And, and I can say your words were full of grace and helped me so much. And I depend on your graciousness. I've talked to some of you about some very difficult issues that we're all facing. And I so appreciate those of you who can speak truth with grace together. You can't imagine how it fortifies me, how it makes me stronger. Thank you so much for that. I want to finish with Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. It says, therefore, my beloved, and I want to say that, therefore, my beloved, you are beloved to me and to Sandy. We love you. We care about you. We want to honor and respect you. We have the best in mind for you. Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not only when I was right there with you, but now much more when I wasn't physically with you. Work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. So everybody who's against fear, you'd be against Paul right here. Don't be against fear, be against useless fear or wrong fear. Some fear is very useful. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, for it is God who works in you both to want what he wants and to do what he wants so that you experience his good pleasure. These are two parts, to want what he wants and then to do what he wants. Paul goes on, do all things without complaining and disputing. That's tough, but do it. So that you may become blameless and harmless. That's interesting. Harmless to whom? In some ways, Paul was saying, you become harmless to me, Paul. Read on. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. So that you can shine as lights in this world. Isn't it interesting how that connects with Rabbi Uri's message? Hold tightly to the word of life so that... I may rejoice. This is what Paul's saying. So that I may rejoice in the day of Yeshua, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. You see, Paul was struggling because he he saw the conflict. He saw the lack of graciousness. He saw the way things could go and the way things were going. And he knew they needed to line up in a new way with God's gracious truth. And he was pleading with the people. I don't want to finish thinking that i labored in vain and that i ran this race in vain paul said that moses said that i say that to you i want to spend these days of my life these years of my life that are in front of me blessing god and thanking him even in the midst of hardship, even in the midst of difficulty, because we ran the race together and we ran graciously together as well. That's what's in my heart. I wanna share that with you from my heart and I hope you can receive it into your heart. In the name of Yeshua, I pray. Two people I wanna pray for, actually two, th- two things. I wanna pray for James White because he is in great agony because of spinal issues that he has. Lord, we lift James up to you and we pray for a remedy for him. We pray for relief for him. And we pray, oh God, that you might pour out your compassion, your grace and find a solution for him with the help of doctors and with the help of you, oh Lord, the divine physician to bring peace and recovery for James in the name of Yeshua. And I also want to pray. I want to pray for Dee and Tom, And for Holt and Deb, because they are going tomorrow to minister in women's prison. And it's the first time that they're going to be able to do this together. And this is just the beginning of opportunity since coronavirus shut all ministry down. But now as they're beginning phase one in the prison, they had to make sure that they were protecting the prisoners from sickness. And they successfully did that and they wanted to make sure they could understand what what um, protocols were necessary so they're practicing social distancing limited numbers of people who can be together and i'm just so grateful that tom and d and deb and holt are, are going tomorrow we pray blessings upon them courage and also the word of the lord that they would have a word in season for those women in the time of their incarceration, that they would bring a word about new life in Messiah. We pray in Yeshua's name. I wanna close now by thanking you for your continued support for Beth Israel, for your continued ties your special offerings, even your sacrificial giving. And it enables us to go forward, and it also enables us to prepare for what's ahead. Thank you for that. You can participate by going to bethisraelnow.com giving. You'll find the information about our giving platforms, Giving Fire and PayPal, and you can use those very easily and very securely in order to support Beth Israel. You can also use the postal service and your bill pay service through your bank. And your continued giving really makes a difference. We're so grateful to you, all of you who are being supportive and continuing to support us during this time. I'm gonna close with Aaron's blessing. And then after that, we are going to go to the Rose family for one final worship song. So please receive this. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep watch over you and guard you and protect you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you so you can shine on others. May the Lord be gracious to you as you speak graciously to other people. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the middle of these terribly difficult times. We pray in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Now let's join the Rose family.
1: Shabbat shalom, everyone. Again, thank you so much for joining us this evening to worship, to be together, to learn from the scriptures together. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning for Live from Home from Beth Israel. Thank you. Have a great night.